Whether we're gathering here in the church, whether we're on the streaming, whatever we may be sat this morning, we are here. And it's great to gather and worship the Lord. Hopefully you got notice sheet that tells you the stuff that we think is going on this week. It's got lots of details in there um, as to lots of exciting stuff. Please do join with us whenever we can. Um, we're here again at half six tonight. Um, Jeremiah, the prophet, told us that the Lord declares, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. He brings us freshness to our lives. So let's give glory to God. Let's sing together. My heart is full of thankfulness. as we come before you this morning we give glory to your holy name for you are the God of love who cares about each one of us and refreshes us by your Holy Spirit Lord may we know your presence with us this day as we come before you in our worship Amen I wonder, I wonder how many of you have a mobile phone? Yeah? Yeah? Quite a few. I can even see some folk playing with them on, uh, over on the concourse. No doubt looking up something really important. Well done. Uh, and of course you can't do that. You can follow your Bible in it. You can do all sorts of stuff. Who sends texts? Yeah? Or maybe receives text. Yeah? Anyone got the phone with them just now? Thank you. She didn't know I was going to do that. I, uh... Who has seen... Now, you see, I know the code for this phone, so this makes Emily incredibly nervous now. Who has seen Michael McIntyre? Yeah. Michael McIntyre, the comedian, does a thing called Sent to All. Right? 
where he gets a phone from a member of the audience or maybe a celebrity that's specially come. And he, he types a message in. And then sends to all. What a great idea. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to Emily. In the leaflet that I've put out today about coronavirus, I suggest that there is an opportunity that we can do a sort of centaur type thing. That if you're happy to share your mobile phone number um, and send it to me, we don't have many mobile numbers in the directory. But we can use it as a means of keeping in touch from the church, from the minister, to just tell you what's going on, maybe give you a thought for the day, maybe keeping you up to date on uh, issues in church life. And that might be an important thing in the days ahead. But I mentioned mobile phones can be used for other things too. Maybe looking up the Bible in it. God has sent us a text. Now, he used a bit more than 140 characters. Right? You know, I've not counted how many letters are inside this book. There's rather a lot of characters just on one page, let alone 1,251 pages. But this is God sent to all to us that we can read and discover. And you know what? In that Michael McIntyre thing, people text back. God gives us his word, but we can respond to him. We can pray. We can say, I know what you said there. And it's inspired me to do something new. I know what you've said there. I know how you respond to the deepest pain that I'm in, the fears that I'm going through. I know what you've read there, what you've sent to me, and it's got to cause me to do something different. Such as go to the little spider that just landed on the Bible. Um... God's given us a message of love. May we be people who respond with love and respond with greatness. Let's sing together. Jesus' love is very wonderful. Which should be on the sheet. go out to their groups. May you inspire them and renew them. May you refresh them by your Holy Spirit. May they discover something new of your word, your message to them today. Amen. Amen. Going out and we
we'll have our reading this morning, which is from John chapter 4. I think it's Betty, is it? The reading starts at verse 4 and can be found on page 1066. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, he sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you the greater than the father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman at a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither in the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For I... And for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. The disciples rejoined Jesus. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, What do you want? Why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more? And then the harvest? 
I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many Samaritans believed, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe you just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. This is the word of the Lord. I think Bessie always thinks I give her the long readings. As we reflect on that passage, we, we sing together, All Who Are Thirsty. You may want to stay seated. this day. May we know your presence with us. Lord, you long to refresh us by that spirit. That spirit that is sent by the Son and poured out by the Father. 
Lord, bring your spirit. Bring your spirit that we may know your will. Bring your spirit that we might be revived and refreshed as your people. Bring your spirit, Lord, that in our fears for the future, our worries for the world, we may know your presence, that we may sense your peace. Lord, bring your spirit among us. Give us that life-giving water that means we will not thirst, but instead live for you. Lord, move your spirit and touch our hearts and bring forth from within us the prayers that you have in mind for us to say. Prayers for our community, prayers for our church, prayers for the world. Lord, inspire us in our prayers this day as we lift our voices to you. Before we even speak to them, Lord, but we do pray, Lord, that you may protect our loved ones, Lord, from this uh, canoe virus, Lord, that's going about, Lord, that it may show signs soon of uh, subsiding, Lord, because that people do need to go about their daily business, Lord. We do leave that in your hands, Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who has drawn us here to worship you together. And we thank you for the joy we have in worshipping, for the songs that we sing, for the prayers that we utter. But best of all, Lord, for we sense your Spirit moving amongst us, making us one body in Christ. So help us, Lord, during the weeks to come to be a people of hope. Help us, Lord, to look up and worship the God who holds our lives in his hands. And we pray, Lord, that we may be able to share hope and peace and comfort to people who are anxious and frightened. Lord, give us that spirit of, of, of calmness, that spirit of confidence, knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Lord, through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for keeping us well up till now, Lord. Please continue to watch over this church and continue to keep us all well, Lord. May we avoid uh, the virus, Lord. May it not uh, be on our doorstep or anywhere else. But keep us with our eyes upon you, Jesus. And we pray that there will be millions of people around the world who will come to Christ through these times. And I pray that uh, the Lord may get the glory. We thank you that we don't worship a dead God but we worship a living God. And you live in the hearts of your people here today and in other people around the world. May the name of Jesus get more and more promoted in the days to come. Be on the media a lot more. May the Christian message continue to ring out among the churches around the land, Lord. Uh, it's been subdued and pushed down for so long. And I pray that this will be a time when they start to honour the church and the word of God and the love of God. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of having you and of being mm -hmm. your children. We just thank you for knowing of that love and pray that others will know of your love for them. May all in this world, all who suffer for whatever reason, have their hearts and minds open to your love and care. And we do pray for all those with power, authority and influence on this earth, that their hearts may be open to be guided by your love and your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the beauty of your word when you say, come, come to me, 
all the weary, heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. And so, Lord, we do know each other, but not too well. And so there are many worries here this morning, many anxieties about family and friends, and we bring them to you. And you said, I will give you rest. Mm. So we come with every thought, every anxiety, and just lay them before you. And you will give us rest. And Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great for all the businesses that have been affected by the coronavirus, many members of staff, um, airlines, travel agents, uh, flights, and so forth. Those that aren't able to go and see their loved ones because of quarantine. Um, we just pray for them. We pray for the people who are travelling. Lord, we offer you these prayers, and we remember how you taught your followers to pray as we lift our voices together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For ever. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to praise God only by grace.
saying, I will offer up my life. Some years ago, um, before I trained for the ministry, uh, I went on a business trip uh, to New Mexico. And much of the land of that state is a sort of dry, barren, uh, empty. And as you fly over it, you see small circles. They're actually probably quite big if you're on the ground, but when you're up high, you go, oh. There's little circles down there. And it's where people have been irrigating crops. And the, the water sprinkler goes round. And you get this circle of greenness. And quite often you see patches of them. But then as you fly further beyond that, I, and I was heading um, to Albuquerque, you get to the Rio Grande, this big river flowing through the desert. And either side of it, you see a green strip stretching on mile after mile into the distance. It's not simply a ribbon of water, but it's a river of life. That's there. There's bushes, there's trees. There's continuous lushness of a much darker green, fresher variety than those little circles that were out in the middle of the desert. Far more than those human endeavors is the work of God. Water changes things. And of course, you don't need to go to a desert to see that. If you go to the coast and see the cliffs, you see how they crumble as the waves attack them. If you go along to Cookmere Haven, 
you can see not just the meandering shaping of the landscape, but as it comes out into the sea, there's like a small delta form, not as vast as some of the ones we might see other places, but you can see that there's been deposition. And if you go down any path just outside Linfield, you soon find yourself in a quagmire. You know, what is rock hard in the summer with a bit of water over the winter becomes a completely different substance. Water changes things. In the dry place, if there's no river to irrigate, to drink, to wash, then the answer is sometimes a well. But they're not as accessible as a stream. They don't have that lushness automatically round about them. They might be restricted. It's the size that's been able to be dug or the small crack that's opened in rocks. Not many can have access at one time. But the Samaritan woman was not there by herself simply because of the diameter of the well or the depth that it was down. Women in places with wells, even if it's limited access, tend to gather there in numbers. You see that still in places such as in uh, some countries of Africa, where the water is still outside of the village. And people have to go and collect it. People go in numbers. It's a place of social interaction. It's like a school gate. It's like an aerobics class. Not that I've ever been to one. It's like the art group on a Monday morning. It's like stepping stones on a Tuesday. The people go there for a specific purpose, but it also has a secondary nature. It's the place of community, the place of support, the place of encouragement, the place to share joys and sorrows, to seek advice, a place where you can maybe simply relax and be yourself. The well is the place to receive more than one form of refreshment. As the threat of coronavirus comes, the measures that might be needed to avoid its spread become apparent. And we as a church must remember that it is not only the, the physical separation and the need for food and drink and medicine that is important. But there'll be a psychological isolation too. And we must endeavour to see how we can emotionally support and provide pastoral care for each other. Through telephone, text, internet, whatever technical means. The potential loss of meeting with friends, the inability to natter at the 21st century well is a challenge that we must recognize and respond to as we care for one another. The woman in our passage has missed out on that social interaction, that social refreshment. She is in self-isolation, not locked within her house, 
She doesn't have an infection. She's not afraid of infection either. But she is there in the heat of the middle of the day because she is isolating herself from how society sees her. She has no husband, yet she has a partner and has what would have been considered in the time a bit of a history. She is the, other, the one that others talk about at the well rather than talk to, rather than talk with. It would have been well understood and accepted if Jesus had not engaged her in conversation. Nobody else did. She is an unrelated, unknown woman. That would have been a barrier enough in that time for Jesus to have stayed quiet, to have minded his own business. That she was a woman of a different understanding of faith, still Abrahamic but not Jewish, might be another immediate barrier. That she was a woman of another faith and of a sixth relationship in a culture where divorce was not accepted in the way it is today might be a third reason not to talk. But Jesus in the place of interaction engages her in conversation. He makes her feel welcome. He does not condone her past relationships, but nor does he condemn them. Instead, he offers her life. He offers her something that she could never get by herself. Something that she could never get from anybody else. He offers her refreshment. Not of the water in the well, but of the water of life. Of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. At this time, when many feel vulnerable. And not just with the unknownness of the, the virus itself bringing fear. But there are issues around the uncertainty of employment and personal finances that are also bringing concern. Even though we are not in isolation, we might feel alone. We might feel we're struggling. But God is with us. We are loved by God. God loves you. He doesn't care it doesn't matter what has happened in your life. He continues to love. He doesn't care about those things. He loves you. Yes, he might want you to change. He might want you to do things differently. But he loves you. And he is concerned about what happens to you. That's why the Father sent the Son, because he loves you. And he loves your family. And he loves your neighbors. And he loves those that are the extreme.
extreme opposite of you in society. Which is kind of what the Samaritan woman in the well was to Jesus, isn't it? A different faith, a different sex, a completely different background, but yet loved. God even loves the greedy person that has bought so much toilet roll they can't get back into their own bathroom. God loves them. And it takes a moment for that penny to drop with the Samaritan woman, what he's saying. He's offering me a drink, but how can he give me a drink? But when it connects, she sees something of the fullness of who he is. Something of the greatness. Although she's a Samaritan, the Samaritans, like the Jews, had been waiting for a Messiah to come. They had been waiting for the Christ. And now she sees that there is something of life. And she wants it. And she wants others to find it too. She's still cautious with her words. Many have rejected her in the past. But she does not reject them. She summons them. She goes to the village, to the people that usually stay away from her, and says, come, come, come. She brings them back to the well, the well where she has left her water jar lying, lying abandoned, because she has found something far greater to drink. On offer is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that will refresh and revive. She's found the Messiah. She wants others to find him too. It's part of our faith to say to the village, look, here, this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. There is hope for life in all of its fullness. And we can declare in him there is no rejection of any individual. Instead, there is love. Now, of course, throughout the year, we do this in a number of ways. We do it in November with hot chocolate. We do it at village day with lemonade. We do it every week in Stepping Stones. We do it maybe once a month in Missy Church. We do it in school assemblies. We do it in the fellowship. We do it at the art group. We do it so many times in so many different ways saying there's something here. Sometimes we do it more openly than others, but the purpose is to say to the village, come. Come. Here's the Christ. Here's the one that you can have hope in. Now in coming days and weeks, we might have to curtail some of our regular events some of what we are planning. Those things might have to change due to regulations. I've got 60 little Easter eggs. I'm going to be eating a lot of chocolate, perhaps. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be able to distribute them. 
if things change, we must not lose sight of that vision of being God's people who reach out to the community. Who say to our neighbours, you are loved. God loves you. That even though we might not be able to gather, we can still say, come. Come and discover what church is like in new ways. Be it through the online streaming, be it through a compact disc. Maybe it's going to be through something you simply do, shoving a note through your neighbor's door. But we have to say that they have loved and that we know God's love. Emmeline's parents yesterday had a card through their letterbox from a neighbor down the road. Emmeline's parents have lived in the same house for 50 years this year. They know the people of the street. They've been there as folk have come and folk have gone. But the card that came through the door was from somebody who has only recently moved in. And it had an offer of assistance and their mobile phone number. The media has reported the supermarket shortages, the the greed of panic buying, the breakdown of the normal, politely British way of doing things. But yet there are also individuals making introductions, offering a virtual hand. You don't actually want to offer somebody a hand at the moment, do you? But offering a hand, showing love to their neighbour. And I encourage you to think whether you could do something likewise. Jesus looks at the Samaritan village. And he says, even before the the folk come to him, the the fields are ripe for the harvest. The people were ready to receive him. In this time of challenge, may we realise that the people of our community need love and they need hope, just as we do. There is no greater love than that seen in Jesus. There is no greater hope than that received through Jesus the Christ. May we, his people, be not seem to be isolated even when we're shut in our homes. But may we be like a river flowing in the desert, refreshed by God's Holy Spirit. May we see his life touching others. Amen. As we come towards the close of our service, We sing, oh, breath of life, come sweeping through us.
Lord God, may we as your people honour your holy name. May we use all our gifts wisely to the furtherance of your kingdom. Bless what we offer this day, this money and ourselves, that we might offer the invitation to others, that we might proclaim your great love. And in your love, Lord, may your blessing, the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.